Hey everybody, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called Overwhelm. (laughs) Probably don't have to explain the reason for that topic, but I will say this. In the course of just getting ready for today, there was thing after thing getting thrown at me. Oh, how easily overwhelm could win out, but I didn't let it, so I want to share how I did it. Here we go, guys. I feel like overwhelm's a funny thing because no one wants to admit that they ever get overwhelmed, but it's a sneaky little bugger. So overwhelm can creep in definitely when it's least expected, but usually inconveniently so. And it's one of those things that I feel is kind of avoidable. It's a matter of how we allow ourselves to juggle all the stuff. I mean everybody's going to have stuff coming at them. Some people seem to have it a little more at a rapid rate than others, (laughs) more frequently, more whatever, intense. But but it's how you learn to dodge these things or how you learn to, you know, jump in and tackle them. I think that's the difference between people who seem to do everything with ease and people who seem to be just getting swallowed up by life. Um, I, I have noticed in myself that when there are a lot of things to do that I don't want to do, I tend to put them on the back burner. I procrastinate. And then when I do that, those things accumulate over time, right? And then deadlines start to come and it's like, whoa, okay. So I have put off everything I didn't want to do and avoided it completely. And now there's a timeline attached to the need for it to be done now. So all those things can cause overwhelm. The most difficult part is that then if any of life's funny little quirks that happen from time to time, you know, somebody's, someone was just telling me today that they're, um, what was it? Like a pipe or something burst in their basement a neighbor was telling me and it's like something like that goes wrong you're in big trouble if you're already at the edge of like <laughs> too much to manage does that make sense like if you've already created this boy I can't have another thing happen and then one of life's little things that just happen from time to time that you can't control then you're in a real quandary right I mean for me that it's it's about dodging that because that's when overwhelm is inevitable. There's no way to avoid it, right? You've already got too much on your plate and then, ah, so how do you fit this in with life? Because for me, I'm all about making sure you're staying in the good, right vibration and energy, right? I talk about this stuff all the time with you guys because it's what you're going to attract. So how the heck do you do all of these things? Well, I think the key is staying on top of things for one, because if when my bill came in the mail, I wrote the bill and paid it right away, didn't have to worry about it and then took the junk mail that came in the mail and just tossed it in the trash immediately and then called the guy when there was an issue with the cable immediately and then you know when i noticed that my kids left stuff out instead of threatening and walking away and saying you need to clean this up or else i actually watched to see if they start to initiate to actually clean it up if they don't make the punishment happen do you know what i'm saying like this is where i'm going with it like if there's things that you want to have happen on the days where I just say to my kids, like, you need to clean this up or maybe we're not going to do that tomorrow. And I walk off. Most of the time they forget to do it because they're doing other things. And it's not as though they're really trying to be, um, <laughs> I don't even know, like just 
avoiding the thing. They're not even trying. It's just they're busy and I'm busy and then I forget and they forget and then it's still there and it's, you know what I'm saying? It just adds up. So staying on top of it is one really big trick I have because otherwise you are at large risk for if something big happens, feeling like life just swallowed you whole. And that's just not a good place to be. But you could do the things as they came in. So today, when I just got the mail, I actually, I knew I had to podcast. So what I did was I took the mail and set it on my island. And then I walked into the room to start podcasting. I should have, could have, would have. And I know I'm going against my own advice here. If you guys have listened to my episode on, you know, not shooting yourself. Um, I, but I really should have. Uh, tackled that pile immediately because there was only two things in it. One was something that just came in the mail that I was really excited about and the other was like political mail. So instead of setting it, you know, on the island or whatever, I could have just dropped that right in the trash on my way by. I could have opened the box and gotten rid of it and you know what I'm saying? Like you could do it. It's just your mind gets so one track sometimes that you're in the middle of doing X and I'm going to finish this first and then maybe I'll get to that. But if you don't do it right when it's like there at the forefront, it becomes in the pile of to-dos, procrastinated items, laters, in the morning. I mean, I'm queen of like at night saying, oh, I'll get that in the morning. Oh, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. It always feels more freeing to me because then I feel like, oh, good, I have a plan. I'm going to, I know when I'm going to do it and it's going to get done and that feels really good. But the problem is that by putting it off till tomorrow, I don't get that feeling of freedom yet. Not the full feeling of like, this is off my plate until it's done. And I don't know if any of you have experienced this, but when you do like a good like sweep of your kitchen countertops and whatever, of all the junk that needed to be gone through, all that feeling, when you walk into a room that has just been recently clean, tidied, whatever. Oh my gosh, it feels so freeing. So give yourself that by doing it immediately. And then it's like, okay, so then something major happens like this poor woman with her pipes and you don't really have to feel like, oh, pure panic, you know, like that. What am I going to do? How am I going to do it all? What, you know, that's where that sort of, I don't know, experience of, overwhelm it's funny to explain it because it is a feeling it's a it's like a tipping the scale right you've been able to manage your glass could hold it all and then it's just come up over the top it's the overflow it's the like just a little too much that's what overwhelm is it's like I could handle everything up till now even if it was being procrastinated or was you know on the back burner or I was getting to it tonight those things were still managed and had a timetable or felt you know doable but when you get that last thing and there's nothing left in you you know you just don't have any free time this week to deal with something so major uh, then you're going to be very grateful if you if you've tackled all these little things along the way because it largely helps you to be able to say, hey, you know what, I can handle this because, you know, maybe I can squeak in a little work on it Thursday morning. Maybe I can do a smidge, you know, Friday afternoon. But if all of those times are just filled with stuff, you're in a struggle. And the struggle is when overwhelm floods in. And oh, once it's come, it feels like digging out. 
and nobody wants to have to dig out. So don't bury yourself in the hole, you know, stay above deck, stay above ground and stay on top of your stuff. That's a big part of it. Uh, but right now I'm just talking about tasks and daily to do's, but overwhelm is so much more than that. It is definitely not just about your daily things that you got to knock off your list. Um, I'll get into just a little bit of my own personal story here to paint the picture for you, but I am somebody who loves to just start a project, but it's usually a big project that can't all be tackled at once. And so then I start another project and I get good into that one and then something else interesting comes up and I might pivot again. So my issue is I've got a lot of major things going on right now, but none at the completion point. And so to complete any one thing is going to take my full attention because these are major things. I mean, we're talking about building. We're talking about made selling of major items, you know, like cars and things, you know, big things. Um, we're talking about, um, oh gosh, I mean, I could go on and on and on, guys. I'm working on a book. Um, I'm trying to, I'm getting... I don't know if I've said this in this podcast. I'm not sure if I've told anybody, but um, I'm working on a, a hypnotherapy certification and I have a million things on my plate. I just keep saying yes and I'm excited to say yes. I'm excited about the chapters coming up and what it means. And But it, I'm, I still am barely scratching the surface of all the things I'm doing right now. And it is a lot. It's a lot to just look at and try to figure out like, can this all be juggled at once? Because right now I'm managing the parts all at once. But if any one of these things went into full swing, um, like all of a sudden they're tearing down my house, if all of a sudden I have somebody wanting to test drive a car, if all of a sudden, you know, uh, the hypnotherapy class starts, if whatever, all these things will then take my full undivided attention. And I have kids at home on summer break and a million other things on my plate. So it's interesting how it feels manageable the way I'm moving through things by saying yes and doing all kinds of stuff. But it's actually not all that manageable because if if you think about every single thing you have to do right now and if every single thing demanded your full attention, could you do it? That's how you know if you're in a state of overwhelm. And for me, I could not. I could never manage all these things in full swing all at once. So I've taken on too much. And that's that's the bottom line. And overwhelm's funny because it comes in not just with like I was trying to get at a little bit before, but it's not just about this to-do list of things. Overwhelm is an emotional state too. You know, sometimes just the feelings of anger, hurt, sadness, whatever, all these things that, you know, add up and then all of a sudden you add a little stress into your day. Well, you can feel like the walls are crumbling, the ground is like sinking in beneath you, it, you have way too much to handle, and then it literally could just be like, I stubbed my toe on a Lego or something, and oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like the overwhelm hits, and and then anybody's your victim, right? That's the problem, is then your emotional state and your feelings are now affecting everybody around you. I don't even know from that point it's like almost like look out if I'm already there like I'm just hanging on by a thread and then something is just going to tick you off or hurt you or whatever it is it's real easy to suddenly be I don't know just at a place where you feel 
too much. It's just too much. And then a lot of us hit our knees and look to God and blame him and say, really? Are you kidding me? Like, do you not know I'm already down? Why am I being kicked? And it's mm, maybe not so much his fault as much as our own, right? It's time for self-reflection. So um, I've learned to do this more and more when I catch myself um, having big, big items that are plaguing my mind. And today was a day of it for me where I kind of took a look and went, whoa, I had somebody invite me to something kind of small tomorrow and my brain just went, whoa, I don't know. I mean, usually it's an easy yes, but it was kind of a, oh my gosh, I don't know. Um, and that was for me really telling because I actually don't have a certain schedule that I'm stuck to. Um, I've really designed my life in a way that I'm so happy with these days where I can sort of do things on my own schedule other than making sure I launch this podcast pretty consistently for y'all. Um, and, and a couple of lives that I like to do in my Facebook groups, um, and some posts that I have to put out on certain days. I mean, there's no time table to most of it. And even those things I can kind of do in advance if I plan. So, um, it's very interesting for me to have this feeling of I'm close to that state of overwhelm. Um, and it's funny, like I have company coming this weekend. Usually if my husband had still been alive, um, and we had been in our old routine of things when he was at work, the, the week leading up to having people staying with us, I was buying the groceries, making meals, getting sheets changed, getting beds made and ready. Um, I was literally preparing for having company vacuuming, whatever, I don't know, getting sand off the floor. But I, these days don't even, I really, it's like, that's my last worry. And so to say that, like, I have really changed to the point where now my level of what it takes to make me get overwhelmed is so different. And it's ironic because I have more on my plate today than I did back when I used to ready the house for guests, right? So it's interesting because some will argue that overwhelm is a matter of how much is on your plate, but I think it's actually not. Um, because like I just stated, I used to feel more overwhelmed with oh my gosh, I have so much to do. I have to do this and I have to do that. But these were things that in my mind I created as a lot. And not so much like right now I clearly have more on my plate. I'm one person juggling a million things. So, and I'm feeling much less overwhelmed and stressed. And I think it's because of the priority I've put on certain things in my life. So I'm at a state now where I don't really care what people think about how I look. Like I put in effort, but I don't care what people think about it. <laughs> you know, I'm not like worried about all that. Um, I The house is what it is and it'll be as clean as it is and it'll be as ready as it is. You either want to stay with us or you don't. It's kind of like my attitude on most things has just gotten lighter where I, I'm not going to worry about judgment from other people. And just that switch alone helped a lot because you could make a whole thing out of, oh my gosh, all the things I need to do to get ready and the beach needs to be done. And the, da, 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 da. like I have, I would have a list if I really went through it and uh, was having people come over. Sure. I could put a million things piled up, but if you don't have the care and the worry over whether everything's perfect and in its place when people come, whether everything looks beautiful, whether whatever, and just realize that it's the company and the time that people are looking forward to anyway. They're not looking forward to whether or not you have, you know, 
dusty end tables. No one cares. So that's on you if you've done that to yourself. It is. It really is. And I did. And I am victim of that. So I'm, I'm speaking from a place of experience. But you can create a feeling of overwhelm in yourself by putting too much you know, clout, I guess, and whatever people say and believe and like believing that that somehow is a reflection upon you. If people come into my house and think that it's like out of order or messy or dirty or whatever, well, walk a mile in my shoes. (laughs) You know, you're more than welcome. Or you can come over and you can pick up and clean or whatever if you feel like it. But, you know, the house actually isn't even that messy. Ironically enough, I've ever, as I've let go of all of these worries, it's actually gotten better So that's strange. (laughs) You know, it is funny. But I don't think it's completely lost on me that, you know, along the line of law of attraction is that when you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed, life gives you more to be overwhelmed and stressed about. So back then when I used to overwhelm and stress getting ready for house guests, my guess is I was probably largely bringing on more things to stress about. Like the dog would come in all muddy and shake and then I had to then clean again or, you know what I mean? There was probably things being created that wouldn't otherwise if I just said, bah, whatever, I'll get to it, I think. Maybe not. (laughs) I don't care. That's it. I want to hang out with people. I want to enjoy the experiences of life more now. And as crazy as that sounds, I mean, I'm so busy with all this work stuff, but then when I have my downtime, I want to enjoy it with the people that I care about. And this is a very interesting thing. Maybe I'll get into this in the second half of the show today because I think sometimes this can ref- this can be a what am I trying to say? Like when with your relationships, this stuff comes into play too. Um, how much pressure and priority we put around certain things and how people think about us. Why don't I take a quick break now so that way I can just open up the whole second half getting into that a little more. So don't go anywhere. The second half is going to be fun. All right, guys. Hey, everybody. I wanted to let you know about my monthly subscription for my Facebook group called Loss Just Sucks. Grief doesn't have to. (laughs) And inside of there, I'm doing coaching. I am doing weekly posts to motivate and coach through all of the different parts of grieving that I've experienced myself um, or other members of the group have. And it is only $33 a month, and it is something that you can join for as long or as little as you'd like. Um, As soon as you join, you have instant access to all of the past lives and posts. So it's like a library of great information in there, and there's support within the group of other members. So I don't want you to miss out if that's something that you feel like you could benefit from let me know and or you can just grab the link in today's description and you'll be able to join from there. All right, guys, back to the show. (laughs) So relationships are fun to talk about. So I think this is very interesting how overwhelm can shape the way people deal with relationships. And I want to talk about it in around grief as one part. And and other for other people not experiencing grief as well. So I got to start with the grief part because I have just seen this recently. Um, as many of you know, and as you might have heard of my ads, I, I run a grief group, a Facebook group. Um, and <laughs> there's been some interesting things going on. Some people get a little annoyed when like new relationships are discussed. And some people are desperately wanting information on it. 
So it's like the two trains of thought are, you know, some people are like, listen, I'm just trying to get through my grief of losing the love of my life. I'm never going to love again. Like, I don't even want to hear about this. I thought I was here to, to find strategies to get through my grief. And then there's other people who are like, oh my gosh, I just, I'm a married person still. Like in my brain, I'm still feeling like I need that connection with people. I need to be loved. I still want love. I love love and I want it back. And I'm looking for it again and I have no idea how to find it and I need advice. And so these two different (laughs) trains of thought sometimes are at battle a bit. But I will say this, what I have found with overwhelm uh, after the loss of a loved one, and this, I think this happens to a lot of people and people don't always talk about this. This is so, it's funny how some things are just not discussed. I'm not afraid to talk about pretty much anything. So bring it, bring it on, bring it to me (laughs) if you have a topic you want me to get into. But um, when somebody has lost somebody, it's as though you don't want to waste a second of your time. This is the best way I can explain it anyway, through my experience, is that you start to learn the preciousness of this life. And it is, it's different than like, I know logically everybody can understand that. But when you lose a spouse, especially somebody that you were really, really connected to, you realize that there's no time to waste on worry and like the little stuff. So I find a lot of widows and widowers jump fast either back into a relationship or into a dating scene or um, even within like going from just dating to marriage really fast. And the reason I think that happens now, I can kind of put a pulse on it a bit is that I think it's because, well, one, you're still feeling very married in your brain. That doesn't turn off when your person passes. And so if you think about it, so I'd been with my person when I lost him 22 years. So it was really like simple for me to feel like, I don't, how do I explain this? Like I think for people who are starting a new relationship, they could just jump ahead because they're used to that. Like holding a hand or having a kiss feels like, well, yeah, I did that every day. There's not all this buildup, like in a normal new relationship. So let's bring in the non-grieving. I think sometimes we tend to like timetable those things. You know, on a first date, you don't do that. Or, you know, early conversations, you don't talk about those things. But in for a person who's still married within their brain, like you're still, you haven't quite shifted yet. It was a lot more time that you've been married than not maybe, or whatever it is. It's like, you you forget like, oh yeah, like I'm at the start again. So I notice members that start dating each other or other people that they quickly move because, well, one is because they're, they're quickly moving. Like they're not afraid to like be real vulnerable right off the bat or, you know, share everything at the beginning and just get really connected to people a little faster. But then also, I mean, so there's that part of it. But also I think, I mean, yeah, for sure. There's still like, you know, that physical piece, but that aside, I think that we've learned as a community (laughs) grieving people, you know, that you don't have time for all that stuff. It's like, well, we could take months and months to get to know each other and figure out each other's likes and dislikes and then decide if it's like worth it to pursue. And we could, 
you know, spend time sort of mulling it over and figuring out how it'll fit in with our family and our routine and then maybe try some dates and then maybe that didn't work and then go on to the next. And, and I'm telling you right now, if I've not heard any spouses disagree with the idea of this, that, um, or grieving spouses, I should say, that it's like this awareness that just hits you like a brick life is short and it's going to be gone in a blink. So that point is drilled home every waking second for those of us who've lost someone. And so I think (laughs) we tend to just want to not waste time on stupid stuff. I almost swore. (laughs) But you know what I mean. Like you don't, why are we going to spend so much time on all that? Like, let's just get right to it. Are we compatible? Boom. No. Okay. I'm done. Are we, you know, is there chemistry? Let's see if there's not. Okay, let's move on. But like the whole taking it slow thing is different. It just is. And I think as far as anything, it's attacked like that. Not just relationships, but like for me, I mean, look at what I've accomplished in like two and a half years. In a two and a half year time span, starting businesses, doing research, doing a podcast, doing a blog, selling a car, buying a car. Um, all I, It could go on and on and on and on, planning the funeral, doing the, I mean, major things, learning how to do taxes, whatever it was. I don't know. Absolutely everything I had to figure out. Uh, well, taxes isn't fair. I always did taxes with my husband, but you know what I mean? Like business taxes and all that stuff. Like it's been thing after thing after thing. And I just keep doing because... You know, that was a coping mechanism for me early on was like busying myself and doing so I didn't have to deal with the emotional pain of what was happening. Um, Now I'm getting into a state where it's not so much about that for me, but I see the fact that if it's on my bucket list, bucket lists need to literally be brought to the dumpster. They're not a thing anymore. You can't put something on a list for tomorrow. Tomorrow's not promised. So if it's on your bucket list, you're never going to do it, period. You've already put it off till tomorrow. Tomorrow, you're going to put it off till tomorrow. The day after, you're going to put it off till tomorrow. And that's just that. So stop doing that and do it is sort of the approach of the grieving often. And it's like, let's just start doing these things. we got to knock them off our lists because, shoot, I don't know what, how much time I have. You know, I mean, man, I've seen a lot of people dying in their teens, 30s. How the heck am I going to be promised tomorrow? to be able to do my bucket list. I mean, it's a whole list. No, I'm going to start doing it. So I wanted to do a blog. I did a blog. I wanted to do a podcast. I did a podcast. Start a business. I started the business. Oh, I wanted to write a book. I started writing a book. Research. I started doing research. You know what I mean? Like I was like, no, I want that. Do it. I, you know, and the same I think holds with relationships. Oh, I want this person. Go for it. If there's no more of that sort of hesitancy or worry. Now that's going to be met differently because one, your next person you're dating may or may not be a widow. And for those who are not, this approach is a little bit woe in your face. I have no doubt. Um, (laughs) And I'm sure like, even if it is another grieving person, we all do it at our own pace. So, you know, I've witnessed that happening with people as well. But it, it is a lot. I mean, we have changed our way. But there's something to be learned from the grieving on this one, guys. Because, boy, if... Like, let's go back to this topic of overwhelm and think about this for a second. You have all of these things on a tomorrow list. Now, what does the today list do? The today list 
frees you from worrying about tomorrow. So why is it on tomorrow's list? Tomorrow's list does nothing for you. It tables things. You know, whether this be relationships, whether this be, um, you know, doing your bills, or whether this be major life, you know, wanting to travel or to business or whatever, all the same. Like, if you're just putting it off till tomorrow, it's a worry for later, but it doesn't get rid of anything today. It doesn't make you feel better or accomplished today. And so too many things on a bucket list, too many things on a tomorrow list, that's how you get overwhelmed, you know? Why not free your soul, free your mind, free your everything? Be at ease with life by starting. Just start. Take a step. If there's a a job you've always wanted, start making your resume better today. If there's a place you'd want to travel, start looking online at different hotels today. You know, if there's some person you've always had this little crush on, but always kind of wondered if, take a step forward today, reach out to them. Don't wait for them to reach out to you. Because what good is it going to do? You know, do you want to be on your deathbed with that person saying, man, I wish, you know, I didn't realize you felt that way about me. If only you'd asked me out 30 years ago, maybe we would have had a happy marriage. What? Is that what you want? Or do you want like someday, you know, you've had this career doing something that was, eh, it was okay. And then you're talking to like this job boss that you desired greatly that you never went for. And they say, oh my goodness, you should have applied. I would have happily hired you years ago. Could you imagine that feeling of like that sinking feeling of, oh my gosh, look what I missed. You don't want that. You definitely don't want that. And I'm so grateful. I will never go a day without thanking God for the fact my husband and I didn't bucket list things. We did everything we desired. We wanted it. We went for it. Everything. And so from the dog we had to our children, to our homes, to our vehicles, to our playthings and travels, we did everything we desired. And that's a fulfilling feeling for me. Just being his widow, you know, I it makes me feel really good to know that he didn't die with this list on his mind of, oh my gosh, I really should have done that. I really should have tried that. Oh my gosh, right? I mean, right to the day that he passed, he was about to be a CEO of a bank. He had that on his horizon. There was nothing he wasn't going to go for that seemed impossible or that people made him feel like was too big of a reach or a stretch for him. It was like, no way. And I felt the same way within our marriage. There was nothing that I can look back with regret over saying, Oh, I wish we hadn't tabled that trip to whatever. No, I mean, we, sure, I mean, I can say easily and confidently that if only I had more time, there's a million other things I'd want to do with this man. But it wasn't things that, like, I had to do, I wanted to do. I, you know, we had this big passion and we were just waiting for tomorrow. No, no, that's not, that's not the way we did things. And it's the way, I mean, I truly encourage everybody to scrap the bucket list today. Now, just in thinking, because um, I know a lot of my grieving soulmate crew from my Facebook group check in on this podcast, I want to make a, a little note here on a, a little word of caution, I guess. I like to give those when I feel like they're necessary. Um, this approach, this fast-moving approach, just be gentle and careful with your heart because I think what what the risk here is is that you might be moving at a pace that it makes sense. I mean, I don't, I don't question it. I get it. Um, I get why you're just like, Hey, let's just get to the good stuff. 
And I get why you might be more ready to sign up for a relationship um, than the people you're meeting. And I get that feeling of struggle and overwhelm around those things, um, especially because you can hear the ticking time, you know, more than they can. And so it feels stressful when like you're ready and they're not. But when you get in that mode, you scare people off fast. So I never like to ever point a finger and let, you know, any member feel like their words aren't sacred. So, um, but I did witness one woman go into full spiral mode within my free group. Um, and it was interesting because it was more like, I think she was trying to just spark a friendship or whatever, but, um, you could feel overwhelm kick in because it quickly, I think, made the person on the receiving end feel like, whoa, what just happened? Like, this person's coming at me strong. And, and they were, I think, if I remember right, pretty clear with their words about, you know, where they're at in their grieving process and that they're still struggling and, you know, trying to get past the loss of their wife and um, not really looking for relationships or whatever. And then they, the woman responded back. But then from that point, he didn't say anything else. Now... <laughs> Let's just talk about this because I've seen a lot of people guilty of this. If somebody doesn't respond back, guys, pump the brakes. Because <laughs> that was like, whoa. Nothing was said. And then it was like a constant barrage of like, wait a minute. What did I, like, I just want to be friends. What's the problem? Or are you looking for something else? Or what is that? Where are we at? What's going on? I I didn't mean to upset you. And it was like coming at, coming at, like, like a a Facebook post after Facebook post in a row, like probably, I don't know, 15 deep of like just watching the spiral happen. And it hurt my heart for both sides because it's like, man, first think about what you're doing to yourself. You know, you've got yourself in a full blown over, over, um, sorry, overwhelmed mess of just your emotions are spiraling. You need to get grounded. You need to do a meditation. You need to bring yourself back into your body because you're starting to spiral to a place where like you're not even making sense any longer. And that happens to all of us from time to time, I have no doubt. But um, and then this other poor soul on the receiving end was like, whoa, because they were truly in a totally different place and state of mind and just like, Oh my goodness. I have no doubt it was like, this is a lot. I don't, I, even if that could have been a potential match, let's just go there for a fun second. Like, imagine, like, that's not a way to start anything, right? Holy moly. It, it was a lot. I mean, I, I and for me to say that because I can be a lot is <laughs> like, wow. But um, no, it was like almost like an argument with only one person talking is what it felt like. It was a little moment of holy cow and and a lot of other things like in my own mind because I was like feeling both sides of this like I can feel what it would be like to be on either end and how frustrating this must be but I do think it's the job of the person who's starting to go into overwhelm to take that minute to treat yourself and by treat yourself I don't mean you have to go out and get therapy although some of us probably need it more than we're willing to admit but at the very least like Take a small deep breath in the mirror and looking at yourself deep. Where is this coming from and why is it irking me so much, right? But the meditations and the getting grounded, it's a real thing. Like sometimes energetically people are like bounced right out of their body. They are like spiraling and spinning and they have almost no concept of the reality that's going on around them anymore. They're in their own 
headspace and worry and this and what are they thinking and so now let's talk to the non-grieving crew just like in general in relationships i feel it important to mention that when we start to worry it is often not about us it is often truly about their them in their own path right so in this situation that i was just referring to this guy was on his own journey in his own way in his own time and it was not a match, right? And from an outward position, anybody could see that. The problem is, guys, when we're on the inside, and in you let's say you see somebody and you're like, this is my, you know, Barry, like my, my Barry. <laughs> like, that's your match. That's your person. You know it. You see it. You feel it, right? All of the sudden, the blinders go on to anything that's based in reality because you've created a new reality, almost like an entirely separate space and time where you guys are having like, in in your mind, you're daydreaming on and you're seeing things happen that haven't actually happened. And then sometimes in your mind, I think you start to believe that you have this sort of relationship happening when the other person is not even there on board with you. This is valid because if if they're not even in the early states where your brain is already taking it and then you reach out and you don't get a response you expect, it's because you're coming from a place of feeling like you might even be in a relationship with this person already. They don't owe you anything. Just remember that, right? Nobody is like responsible to you for anything. They've given no commitment. They've done nothing to step up and say, yeah, this is great. No, you're still in your own mind swirl. So, <laughs> I mean, watching it is sometimes like, whoa. It's it's a good thing to see from an outsider's point looking in because when you're outside of it looking in, you can see so clearly. How did they not pick up on that? He said this, this, and this. But when you're in it, the blinders are up and you don't see any of that. So sometimes it is nice to have friends that are on the outside take a look in at what you're saying and doing and all that stuff and see what their perspective is. Actually, we just did this recently. Um, a friend, a new friend, actually, <laughs> a friend through a friend and I had a moment where we sort of um, like she handed me her phone and said, like, basically, look at this and you tell me from an outsider's point of view, I don't want to give you the background or whatever. Just read this. And what are your thoughts? It was so powerful. It's a powerful exercise because I was able to clearly see something that I think would solve her whole problem. And she was like, wow, I really think I needed that. You know, because, you know, when you're in it, you're seeing it through the lens of a lot of um, bias, I guess is a good way to put it. Like a lot of influences coming from your own experiences and um, and you're not seeing it as it is. This goes back to my favorite Anais Nin quote of you see things as you are, not as they are. And it's a fact. Like, <laughs> you're really going to start to see things from your own experiences, from what all your background stuff, your childhood stuff, all that stuff. It really does come into play. And the lens you're looking through is not the same as reality. So you got to set down this fantasy lens and you really got to be able to step out of it and see it from an outsider's perspective or actually recruit an outsider to give their perspective because either is useful, but one has to happen because uh, I think that that's where a lot of the times afterwards people feel really like icky about things because they acted in a way that was so out of character. They embarrassed themselves a little bit. 
like, don't go down that train because it's not an easy place to come back from and like redeem a relationship or a friendship or a whatever if you've gone so crazy in your own head. This isn't just like a relationship talk today, guys. It's about any type of overwhelm, but that bucket list, rip it up, do the things. Well, don't rip it up. Look at it and do the things is what I would say. Uh, but don't put it off and don't put the daily little things off because those add up. We know this. And feng shui is a real thing. Feng shui, however you want to pronounce it, it's a thing. If you clean a space and you don't notice a difference in your life, report back and let me know because I doubt it. It is amazing. And I'm about to put some of that into action in my own world because I have some things that just need to be gone through and they do weigh on my mind heavily. Like I don't want to admit it, but it's like it's in there. I know, I know it's a disaster. I know I need to go through it. And I don't actually care about all those memories in a box. You know, you could argue that and say, oh my gosh, well, I lost my person. I, of course, I have to hold on to all these things. And what if tomorrow I want to make a blanket for so-and-so and have all these old t-shirts on them? And no, no. <laughs> Again, I think wholeheartedly, if you are putting off making something or a craft or, oh gosh, I've heard that from so many people. It's never going to happen. If you've been putting it off for a long time, it's probably never going to happen. Or by the time it's time to happen, it's so buried deep, you're never going to find it. So maybe hang on to a tomorrow thing, like one or two things that are like future hobbies, but not like if it's a whole collection of garbage and you're like, oh, well, someday I'm going to put this together and I'm going to do that. Oh my gosh, that will never happen. It just, I've, I've watched it. I've seen it. I've probably lived it a time or two. <laughs> like, just don't do that. Just start to release. Oh my gosh. And how releasing opens things up for you guys. This is going to be another topic coming up. I mean, I've talked about release on past episodes, but I think in this way of letting go of things, you will be amazed how it unclenches those fists and how powerful it can be. So thanks for joining today, guys. Um, I think overwhelm is underwhelming at times to talk about, but hopefully I got it on an interesting level for you today so that you could tolerate you know, hearing about it and getting some good strategies because nobody wants to be in a mental state of overwhelm. It's an icky place to be. It attracts more overwhelming things. And it's something that you can really achieve is getting a grasp on it and getting it turned around so it goes away. So I hope that something I said was empowering to just get you motivated today to, you know, do things a little bit, oh, I don't know, a little less procrastinating-y. <laughs> It wouldn't be a, a show today if I didn't add a word that didn't exist. So <laughs> thanks again for joining, guys. I'll see you in the next one.